welcome to Marketing Without the Marketing, the podcast that tries to teach you soft touch, ethical, respectful marketing techniques in little snackable snippets. Try to keep this to about 10 minutes or so per episode. I don't always succeed, but I'm really trying to keep these nice and tight so that you can get in, learn what you need to get out and start applying it. All right. So if you've been following along, you know that I'm in the middle of a series on SEO and SEO is really, really important to marketing. So I want to spend a number of episodes on this. And I feel like I've got a slightly different approach to what I see out there in the SEO world. And it really comes down to the fact that to me, SEO is a writing problem, not a tech problem. We want to look at what's good for your users, but we also want to look at what's good for the Google algorithm as well, or what I call the humans and the robots. The first rule of thumb that I say to my clients, to my students, humans first, robots second. Unique, well-written content is the only way to be favored in search. In the last segment, I went through all of the, the highlights of the Google algorithm updates, and you can see that having really good content that serves a direct purpose is the only way to be favored in search. And I would expect this to be the case going forward forever, because this is what Google is trying to do. It is the core of their business model. Good content will rise to the top, period. That's what it's all about. And hey, that's good news for a guy like me who's a content guy, a content strategist, but it's good news for you as well, someone who's producing content to build an audience and build trust and a relationship with your future customers. But also in content strategy, you know, it can't just be one and done, right? You have to publish regularly because... You know, Google's constantly scanning the internet, uh, looking for fresh content. That fresh content is going to attract the Google bots, as I say, right? So blogs are a great instrument for this because they serve up fresh content regularly. And it's fairly easy to do that, right? You have a platform to do that easily. Now, of course, uh, we got to be up on our keywords, the things that people are actually you know, putting into search engines and you want to do light research before every post. And later on in uh, a future segment, I'm going to talk about that in depth, talking about how to do some basic keyword research. But the basics are you're going to want to include that, those keywords in some way, if you can, in your post title, in the URL slug, in tags, and throughout the piece, right? We don't want to be accused of keyword stuffing, as Google calls it, uh, which is just stuffing the page full of this particular keyword. Google sees that as a no-no, so we don't want to do that. Plus, it would probably make your piece kind of awkward to see the same keyword over and over and over again. Now, images are really important, too. One, uh, when there's an image associated with a post or a page, the click-through rates are higher, and Google's watching that. And images have lots of delicious content behind the scenes on the page code that help attract search engines. You're going to want to use unique images where you can, preferably your own photos so that you don't have any copyright issues with that. And there are many places where you can find openly licensed images as well that are free and legal to use, so you can obviously take advantage of those too, as long as you're careful about it and you respect the wishes of the person who's created the image. 
Now, also, you're going to want to network your content internally. In other words, give the user somewhere else to go once they finish reading your piece. So, you, you know, connect it to another piece of yours or to another page or a landing page or something so that you can, you know, just help the user continue their journey with you. But you're also going to want to network your content externally, too. So provide links outside your site, too. Right? These things, pieces that are written by other people, videos that are done, podcasts or whatever, these might be valuable to your audience as well. And you want to do that. I know the idea here is, no, no, keep them on our site and you know we want them uh, all in, you know, within our world. But the whole thing here is about providing value to your user. And it is, sometimes that's someone else's content. And hey, guess what? Maybe that link will be reciprocated. Maybe not. But it would be cool if it was, and that would certainly help you and your SEO efforts. All right, so that's the quick overview. But let's look a little deeper under the hood at what the Google robots, when they crawl your site, what are they looking for? How do they assess your site? There are a few different factors. Let's go over um, the, the key factors anyway. First of all, you know, is your site easy to index? Does the structure make a lot of sense? Uh, can Google easily understand what the site is about, what the page structure is? Um, and look, that's good for your users as well. The second thing is your site speed and the page load times really, really important. So think about this. If you click through from a Google link and it takes three seconds, four seconds, five seconds, six seconds, uh-oh, we've now got a pretty high chance that someone is going to bounce. And Google says, ah, you know, that wasn't a great user experience. Probably not going to send someone back to this site again the next time they search, or at least they're going to reduce your rankings. Now, you may still have the best content on that particular topic, and Google may still send people to uh, that particular piece or that particular page, but they're going to think twice about it next time just because of the page load time. So make sure that you've got a super fast server, nice and clean, that those page load times are somewhere in the three second range. Six seconds is passable, but not great. 12 seconds, forget it. Nobody's going to go to your site. The next thing up is link structure, and you want to keep your URLs nice and tight, nice and short, as short as you possibly can. So you don't want pages within subpages and all of that. You just want, if you can, your root domain. So for me, that might be michaelbosey.com slash SEO. It's as short as, as, as it can be. Uh, should be descriptive if, if, if you can, right? So suppose that might be uh, controlmousemedia.com, my business site, slash what is SEO? What hyphen is hyphen SEO? So that people know that I'm trying to address that question. You should do the same thing with your topic. Next up is to make sure that your code is clean. Right, so that, and this ties into page load times, but the way that you do this with a traditional WordPress site is have as few plugins as you possibly can. Try not to, if you're doing uh, you know, a custom design, to make that too heavy, and your web designer will know what you, uh, what you mean by that, because uh, you want the pages to load quickly, not be laden down with a lot of errant code. And I know this is a, a little bit more advanced topic, but if you are working with a web designer, they'll know what you mean by that. 
Now, you want to try to optimize your images. Use the smallest possible version for all uses so that it still fits into your theme in the margin sizes for the main body and in the sidebars as well. And I'll get into that in great detail in a later segment as to exactly how to do that. So in general, you want your site to have a very, very clear, sensible organization so that Google understands it. Everything's optimized in there. None of the elements are sort of weighing down the site and you'll be in good shape. And remember, all of this is good for your users as well. What's good for the Google robots is good for your human visitors as well. But just to bring it all home, let's look at what Google is using to measure your authority. There's a few factors that are going to be the most important to to focus on. Okay, first of all, how many site inlets, how many people are actually arriving at your site? Uh, That can come from a variety of sources, but someone's got to show up at your site. Google's watching when that happens. Oh, someone's here. Great. Next up is bounce rate. In other words, do they stick around? They've shown up. Here they are on your site. Do they like what they see or not? Google can tell this, right? If they exit immediately, Google knows or at least can make the supposition, hey, this probably wasn't good content, probably didn't come through on the promise. The user saw something that she didn't like and she left. Next thing would be page time. How long do they stay, particularly on that entry page? So in other words, type something into uh, Google search, got to your site, If I stuck around there for a while, you can be pretty sure that I got something out of it. Again, not an exact measure, but these are the things that Google can measure here. And then another thing is, you know, do they stay on your site in total? So we're looking at total page views. Do they go to other pages on your site? If so, then you've, I mean, that's another really good indicator, right? That someone was getting value from your site and they wanted to keep getting value from your site. So that's awesome. And all that rolls up into a factor called site time. In other words, how long overall did someone spend on your site? And obviously, the longer, the better. Now, don't be discouraged when you see this in Google Analytics, because often these site times are very, they seem very short, right? So if you have someone who's been on your site for six minutes, that's an eternity, actually. Often what you'll see is that the average is somewhere on the one to two minutes, depending on the site. I mean, if you have a lot of video content where people are watching or whatever, that could be a lot longer. But don't be discouraged by that. It is still an average and it's going to look lower than you than you think. But uh, uh, but generally, we want to see that people have gotten there. They haven't bounced right away and they've spent some time on your site. And then the last of the key factors is the page exit page. So in other words, which page did they leave? Where did they decide to actually leave your site? Now, keep in mind, you may have served them perfectly well with that one piece of content that was in their first site entry. And they say, wow, thank you very much. That was awesome. I leave completely satisfied. It's not you know, the end all and be all indicator, but it can give you a sense that, oh, you know, their session ended here. That's another piece of information to look at and help you assess, could you do something better to keep them on page? Or is that not the goal of that page? Either way is fine. But with all of this, Google can make a determination as to whether or not users are getting what they want from your site. And you're going to want to look at this information too, because these are all good indicators of what is going well and what you can do better so that you can constantly improve and iterate and learn from what your users are telling you through their data trail. 
It's really a gift to anyone who is running a website, trying to build an audience, trying to produce content, trying to serve an audience. It's really awesome. All right, so I'll stop there because I feel like I've gone on a little longer than I'd like to. As you know, I'm trying to keep these these segments really as short and tight as possible, and I hope that you're getting something out of it. Hit me up in the comments or via Twitter at mbosey, uh, email, whatever. I would love to hear what you think of this of the series so far, and if this has actually made you think differently about SEO and how to apply it to your site. All right, next up, we're going to get into content structure as it applies to SEO. I look forward to doing that in the next episode.